Hi friends, you're listening to Created Podcast, and we're your hosts, Amanda, Taffy, and Emily. Every week, we'll take a deep dive into the topic of worth and identity, and how by discovering more of who God is, we can discover more of who we are created to be. No matter if you're a lifelong Christ follower, new to the faith, exploring, or skeptical, our hope as we tackle discussions around this topic is that you will find we're all not too different in our struggles. We believe there is hope, clarity, and confidence in understanding our worth and identity. Welcome back to our dating series. This is part two of our two-part series on this topic. Emily and I had our husbands join us for a conversation about dating and all the things we learned during those seasons. So Dallas Whitlow and Eric Malvestad are joining the conversation and we are going to be jumping in right where we left off. So we really encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode if you missed last week. We covered how we met each other, how we moved into that season, and some of the lessons along the way. And today we are going to cover things like purity and the foundation of friendship and how we knew we found the one. So we hope that you enjoy the rest of our conversation. We're going to pick up right where we left off. Something you mentioned in your buckets too was you actually had a point where you were going to talk about physical boundaries. Can you guys talk a little bit about that? I know you guys did a very, very good job of talking about that and being, again, intentional. So will you guys share a little bit about that with us? Yeah. So on our first date, uh, I did not let Eric kiss me <laughs> because I'd never kissed anyone before. And on our first date, yeah, I tried to kiss you. Well, no, not like tried, but like I, he was like walking me to the car, and I had like hugged him and I just looked up at him and I said, "I'm not going <laughs> to kiss you." <laughs> She was telling herself that this is another thing like Emily had going on in her head while Dallas was outside trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Similar here. Amanda had thought this all through on the way to the car and then just decided to conclude the conversation that hadn't started. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. He just was like, I'm not ready to kiss you. He's like, okay, okay. Like, whenever you're ready. Um, And so I, like, like I was mentioning before, like our, our testimonies are very different in that this regard. And I had never been physical with somebody before and um, like never kissed anyone, let alone like holding hands. And holding hands for me was a big thing because I have something called hyperhidrosis. So I have very sweaty hands. So, like I've never wanted to hold somebody's hand or just like it, all that stuff. I had some, my own insecurities, but then also it was something that I just never wanted to cross in my own life as a boundary. So I was a little apprehensive. Uh, did I want to kiss but, him? Yes. yes yeah. So I think our boundaries come into play. In fact, like we were, we were always intentional about everything, right? Yeah. There was never a moment where we just wanted to go with the flow, right? Yeah. We were talking, we were filling up buckets because we were very interested yes. in the future of a relationship potentially. And oh, by the way, we were very attractive. Just <laughs> a good thing. So, <laughs> it, was, it was very important to establish where we were at with the physical boundaries very early on. And bullet point number one was we need to guard each other's hearts. Yeah. At whatever cost. It, and that could, you know, flux a little bit. It could be, you know, one week holding hands is okay and the next it's not, right? Just as a simple example. But it was mainly centered around the fact that we are filling up buckets. We're not just dating to fill, to fulfill what that means in society and to be kissing each other and, you know, do what that meant to the world. But we wanted to make sure that we were pursuing what the Lord had laid in front of us, that I could, my goal at the time was I wanted to see if this is the person that the Lord wants me to throw as close to Jesus as I can get her and to serve her through a marriage or a relationship for all of my life. Um, and so establishing those physical boundaries allowed us to continue to focus on that and not necessarily get distracted by yeah. the easy temptations of relationships. Yeah. Right? And so I'll say like some of the things I, we did end up kissing each other 
a few weeks into our relationship, but even that two weeks, what, yeah, it was two weeks. <laughs> um, did last too too long, but even at that though, it was something that we talked about. Like it, it was actually something I knew the day it was going to happen. I had agreed to it. It was not something that he like, like just threw on me. I gave consent. <laughs> it was planned, just like everything else in the relationship. It was planned. Land. Um, then I think like I know the reason I point that out is like I really respected Eric for that in asking me hey w- would it be okay if I kissed you yeah. on this date and um, it was my birthday actually um, and and I think that was something that I really uh, was grateful for and I just felt respected as um, someone he was pursuing and wanting to like honor and love is just you know, I just thought it was really respectful. And instead of maybe me being caught off guard, it made me feel more safe. It made me feel secure in the fact that he was asking or like thinking about those things. So in that, after that, obviously, I mean, I laugh at us now. It was like, we would stop at a stoplight and we'd kiss each other, like we'd peck each other. Every red light. Like every red light. It was like the most exciting thing for me. I was like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd, I'd say to sum it all up, we, you know, guard each other hearts is a little vague. So I'd say what we landed on was we were both, um, if you went to the five love languages, we both were very much physical touch. And that's how we kind of reaffirmed each other and comforted each other, even as, you know, just as friends, you know, so physical touch is a way of communicating essentially. And so we sat down and defined how that could be okay and safe in our relationship, right? And it was defining that physical touch between us, whether that's kissing or, you know, comforting or whatever, is exactly that. And it's not trying to tempt or express necessarily lustful desires for one another, right? That wasn't the intent of our kissing. It was to reaffirm that I'm committed to you and we're doing this thing together. And so that was our reminder and our boundary for each other. If anything did not fit within that boundary, it was a quick turnaround and repentance and correction and Keep moving forward yeah and i'll say i think when it comes to the boundary thing we you really have to be willing to be open and honest with each other and there were points where we did cross or like i had to come and say like when we were engaged and say hey like i'm actually really struggling with this so can we some and, like, red lights were longer than others right <laughs> <laughs> um no but we, I think there were times where maybe we would like dance on a boundary or get really close or cross it and then there would have to be a coming back in talking about it and we would have to pull back sometimes and say okay like I remember a specific conversation and Eric was like okay thank you for letting me know I know now to like relit like way back because that's the last thing that I'm wanting because there was things that was causing insecurity in me or just stuff that was starting to come up even out of just that space and so um it you just have to be willing to yeah. share and like feel safe in that relationship to actually say hey you know what we crossed yep. the boundary and not finding condemnation but conviction and agreed conviction and then also trusting each other that Eric was 100% on board for that, and he wasn't the one that was, like, tempting me on those lines. He was the one actually reeling it back and helping me, or or vice versa for, you know, me for him as well. So that is kind of for us. But, and I know that I for Em and Dal, something I was wondering about you guys, too, in that same way. You guys dated for a much longer period, and you guys had uh, a long... It was five years before five years, years before you guys got married. Just over four years. Just four over years. Four. Yeah, so four years. And what did I know that that really ebbed and flowed? You guys did long distance for a while. How did that look for you guys as you really kind of grew up together? Obviously, getting to know one another um, and growing together, but also in that physical boundaries side. That's a long time. <laughs> 
to be to be dating and so what did that look like for you guys well i guess i'll start because it kind of started with me like amanda i don't know what is going on with us but and like now i I say that jokingly but i really feel like it was the lord's protection on our hearts and just having conviction honestly dal and i started dating in november we didn't kiss until the end of may so what is that six seven months later like there was nothing. There wasn't... I don't even know if we really held hands. I, I was intentionally trying to kiss her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was intentionally trying to kiss her, but we had a we had a pretty good chaperone system going on, and so it's like, any chance, I was like, ooh, I might be able to kiss her, and then it's like, oh, there's man, like, hanging out right there. Yeah. And at, at one point in time, <laughs> we went to a uh, a dance. What was that? Homecoming, oh, homecoming dance. Homecoming, yeah. And afterwards, I like 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 I walked her to a front door, and I was like, "Can I give you a kiss on the cheek?" <laughs> and I like a quick audible, and she allowed me to give her a kiss on the cheek. Yes, and... kiss me on the cheek. Yeah, and that was okay. Yeah. But then nothing after that, and I would like intentionally like bury my head and like not look at him in the eyes and like, yeah, just so. Anyways, so. We had, for us, it wasn't even really a spoken thing. We were so young, and I just had, again, like, back up, I guess, a little bit. Dallas and I, neither of us had ever dated anybody. We had never kissed anybody. We had never held hands with anybody. Like, this was completely new to both of us. So there was really no prior expectations or anything going into this. It was more just navigating together and figuring it out so I yeah that lasted for quite a long time we um had even like gone out one-on-one and like had done stuff together it wasn't like we had never had time alone but it was just I was not ready and Dallas was very respectful I will give it to him he never like while he does say like he was trying it wasn't I never felt like pushed or that he didn't like me because I wasn't kissing him or you know, anything like that, he just kept pursuing me as a friend. And really, honestly, looking back at that, it really allowed us to just be friends. And like, I know that's one of Dal's main things and things he likes, advice he likes to give is like, become best friends. And I think for Dal and I, that's exactly what we were. We were so young and we, it like both of us feel like that was such a blessing from the Lord to be able to meet young, to grow up together, like man said, some of the ways that we grew together young were going to church together. Like, we were still in small group on Wednesday nights, like, half of our, like, the first half of our dating. So we were doing that, going to church on Sundays. Like, at this point, we were starting to pray together and just talk about the Lord. Both of us were always very open about our relationships with the Lord because it meant a lot to us um, individually at the at this point, even being so young. So we talked a lot about that. And... On the physical side, it actually wasn't a conversation until he did kiss me. And it actually was in front of my sister and Landon and Tate, his brothers, brothers. at his parents' house. and It was really quick. Like, <laughs> and, and in traditional Emily fashion, she got up and left right away. And I was like, what happened? Nice. Well done. I would say I was laying on the couch and I didn't even know it happened, but Emily, they were like laying on the floor, or like Dallas was like on the couch and Emily's on the floor, I don't know. Anyway, she shoots up and like beelined it towards the door and I was like, okay, yes, we're leaving now, like, alright, bye. we get in the car and I'm like, I think he just kissed me. And Amanda looks over to me and goes, you think? What do you mean you think he kissed you? Like... I, I might have missed. I'm pretty sure no one saw it. Anyways, so that kind of like, that was our first kiss. So not romantic. Dallas had just like, was done waiting. And I was at that point just being. Dallas, once again, left abandoned <laughs> in his own thoughts. Honestly, honestly part oh of like, part of the reason I took so long and I didn't push it was like a fearful respect of Emily. Because I knew like emotionally, like she moved like. She needed time, and she moved slow, like, to, in order just to date me. So I know for her, like, rushing to say, like, like I love you, or, like, actually kiss. Like, those were, those were, like, big milestones for her, and I didn't want to rush and push those milestones. And fun fact, I actually said I love you before I even kissed her. Yeah, so we had already I said I love you before we kissed each other. Yeah. Yeah. True. Because, because M, like, I, like it, was a, it was a fearful respect of her 
because I, I wanted to make it right. I wanted it to be on her time. And I didn't know what that exactly meant. And unlike you guys, it was a little bit less like intentional. Our whole it, relationship might have been a little less intentional. Yeah, it's very unintentional compared to them. <laughs> but we were just feel like we were just figuring it out. Like, yeah. And so when things felt right, like or didn't feel right, it was just kind of like like a gauge, and we were two like timid little fawns in our relationship. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Like I don't know what else to say. <laughs> You're making it sound so weak. I think that we both just like ultimately like respected each other. Yeah. Like and wanted the best for each other and I think now in hindsight because we dated for so long waiting for so long to have any physical anything together was very very helpful for us I think because we were so young and knowing that we knew like we were both playing we were both graduating high school and going to play college sports so we knew that that was taking us different paths we knew that the road for us to get to marriage was going to be a long one and so, like, I really feel like the Lord protected us a lot. And I would say, like, for anyone dating young, like, yes, physical, like, chemistry is a good thing. But if you can't just be best friends first, then there's no point even to moving into the physical side of things. Because that's, at the end of the day, what what you have. When you're married, it yes intimacy is a big part of marriage but it is a fraction of what at least for me and i'd say for dal what we thought would be a big part of marriage it is it's a big part of marriage but there's so much more that goes into it and if you can't first be friends and have a solid foundation in that and of the lord then the other stuff doesn't even matter so I think like we were very protected and then after that we had the conversation of okay what does this look like and like do we hold hands do we kiss do we make out like where where is the line and so like they said kind of like making out is what does that look like being specific in these things like okay we make out but what does that mean and like never being alone together in a you know an empty home or those kind of things are the questions that, like, and the things you need to talk about. Even, like, you know, a parked car, a all of these things that are, like, realistic conversations to have and really good things to bring up because oftentimes you'll find yourself in situations and, like, I think that's, uh, that's where mistakes are made because it's not a conversation and one thing leads to another and another. And unless you've had that conversation of where is the line, the line can be crossed. And... And I think I think when I joke about us being fawns in our relationship, I think both both sets of our parents raised us in a way that like this relationship needs to be like a representation of Jesus and like the church. And so I think that that was really important to the both of us and that like we are honoring God through this relationship. And like as soon as you start to bring in those physical elements, like that's where it starts to get like a little slippery. And so our parents really like instilled in us at a young age and like did a really good job like stressing the importance of like, um, of abstinence and waiting till marriage and just like how important that is, um, in a relationship. And so, yeah, it didn't mean it wasn't hard, especially with long distance. I think that that makes things easier because you're not together, but then you get together. It's the and best you, and the worst. Like, right. And then you haven't seen each other in a long time. So that's when like the boundaries and these like things really do come into play. And I think like one of you touched on this and this is exactly what we would say too. like, ultimately, like, I wanted to respect Dal at the utmost and he wanted to respect me, which was ultimately respecting the Lord and what he he wants for our lives. And we kind of joked like, and I most, if you've been around church, like it's not like there's a book in the Bible that says like how to date. Like it's just, it doesn't exist. It wasn't a thing back in the day, like in those times. But there are so many good biblical principles about just respecting one another, just respecting each other's bodies, respecting each other's minds. Um, those are all principles that we need to bring into a dating relationship because those are the things that honor the Lord. And I think when, when you do dating in a way that can be a representation of Christ and that your relationship can represent Christ, there are so many blessings that can come out of it while it seems, when it even, when it seems hard in the moment and when, you know, there are struggles and there are 
you know, those things that kind of come up and, but, yeah. So, did you guys make it to marriage successfully without crossing the ultimate boundary? <laughs> we did. Yes. Completely. We do it. <laughs> we very much so did. Yeah. And we, I'd say, like, we did, yeah, we did. Yeah. Period. I feel like there's so many things that can lead up to like, that is, yes, that's one For thing. Sure. But like, we like our boundary was set like way before that was even gonna close to happen. So yeah. for us, like, absolutely, we waited until we were married. And but we even like the boundary was set fo so far before that line that that wasn't even an option. That was never going to happen because 10 million other things would have boundaries would have had to been crossed before even getting there. And I think that's what really helped us not get there is because the boundary was set so far the other direction that that it was never in either of our heads. That was never even like thought that that's even a possibility like if I'm gonna uphold Dallas to the way that the Lord sees him in, a, in dating how dare I cross that boundary in in a dating relationship like that in in that sense of like I like you can't even go there because there's all these other things and all these other lines that would have had to been crossed so and I think I want to say too like we know that that is really difficult like yeah. that is not everybody's story and that that is something that is I think we are not we want to both share this aspect of it to really encourage and empower whatever age you are at in dating to say that it is possible to stay pure before the Lord before marriage and there it is hard and you definitely will cross boundaries and they have to change and move and like for me I was figuring out honestly like oh that turns me on I didn't even know that that turned me on but okay <laughs> like, <laughs> like I was like learning about myself honestly yeah and you know that sounds funny to say or weird maybe to someone but that was for me <laughs> and but at the same time we know that it is really difficult and like you there that is not everybody's story. And I think the other thing is too, just the redemption that the Lord does have. It, whenever you do make a mistake or there are things, it doesn't mean like, oh, great, you fell off the wagon. Like, let's just go. Like, we've already messed up, so what's the point? Like, even when it came to, like, crossing boundaries or whatever that looks like, I think the thing that we want, really want to encourage, and Eric and I have different stories in that too, like, with what we were both coming in with experience-wise, physically, and I think the most beautiful thing about the Lord is that He's the one that makes us clean, and He's the one who purifies us by His blood. And so, whether or not you are someone who has even had a past and is coming into a relationship as a new creation in the Lord, like, knowing and being fully confident that the Lord has made you new, yeah. and that He restores purity, it's the same also if you do mess up in a relationship. He's the one that restores purity. And like, yes, are there maybe consequences for actions? A hundred percent. But it does not mean that, and again, this isn't like abusing grace either. It's not like, oh, well, we messed up, but there's grace. You know, no, there's like a fear and reverence. But also just to encourage you that, it, yes, it, it's possible, but, you know, it doesn't mean throw the baby out with the bathwater if you right. make a mistake. It's, it's coming back in alignment with Christ, and he does cover you. And there is, you know, his grace and his covering in those areas as well. So I know that there's just lots of backgrounds, and I, you know, I know that it, it is probably one of the greatest struggles yeah. in dating. Yeah. And I will say that I feel like the enemy really attacks the physical side when you're dating and then really attacks the physical side when you're married. Because it's like you go from all of a sudden this really heated, like super tension. like yeah. tension. And it's like this thing that you're you can't do or you're not supposed to do. And then you're in marriage and then it's like, well, you're really busy and you have your lives and then you have kids. And then it's like right. and it's like, oh hey babe, like 
how's it going, you know, and that tension's not there, that, like, obviously there's the love and affection, all that stuff, but I'm just saying I feel like the enemy really charges both ends very differently, and so, um, I think on that, too, what I want to say, and you kind of touched on it, but I think it's a point worth making, if you're in a relationship, and you have crossed, like, if you have had sex, and you have moved, like, into that zone, it is never too late to stop and change that change that um, habit or change that part of your relationship. And the Lord, like man said, like is is good and can cleanse that part of of you when we turn from that and decide like, okay, I know this is not honoring to the Lord. Like we are not going to do this anymore. Um, while that is an extremely difficult thing to choose it is it is something that like is doable and i think that we should not like we shouldn't be ashamed to recognize that and admit to that and then turn and like change it because it is a struggle it is something that like in today's society is a very acceptable thing and but i think going back to like when our hearts are for the Lord and when our relationship is centered on Christ, that it's never too late to to turn and, you know, make it right or change change what you're doing. Um, so. I think really also, I know we're maybe talking about this specifically kind of heavy, but I think one thing that maybe I'll have you kind of like explain from your perspective is like I also – sometimes and I know we haven't really touched on this is like the why or like the heart behind why God says this or why it's purpose like sex's purpose is within marriage um and that is to make you one with the person that you are marrying and like having a covenant under with the Lord and there is a full design for that within marriage and it is blessed within marriage and it is not in you experience like a counterfeit outside of marriage and so I think that like for you how did your like after becoming a believer how did that like change your in your mind or like how did you view sex like one outside of the Lord and Mm -hmm. with the Lord yeah so I mean I guess it starts with my testimony and my personal walk with the Lord I was always in church and grew up in the church and you know went on Sundays and whatnot but never was fixated on prioritizing a relationship with Jesus per se and wasn't making decisions based off what honored the Lord or what did the Lord want for me it was more I was in the driver's seat of my life and I thought I was supposed to be and I was steering my life in the direction that the world told me it was supposed to go Right. I was, you know, straight A student in all the honors classes, three grades ahead in math, got a scholarship for baseball. These are all the things I was supposed to be doing. And so, you know, off the field and out of the classroom at the bar scene, I was doing all the things the world told told me I was supposed to be doing. Right. And so that included relationships where we, you know, we were sleeping together and whatnot. But then at 24 years old, I took a work opportunity that kind of isolated me for the first time in my life. I went to Oklahoma and was working with people I'd never worked with before, but had just kind of volunteered to go um, take on a, a certain projects opportunity. And so that led to a lot of time, you know, in an apartment by myself, going to work, not really having a bunch of friendships to lean on there. So it was, you know, for the first time I had the ability to say, how do I truly want to spend my time independent of the influences around me, right? And so as I sat kind of in that silent moment to, by myself, knowing Jesus and Frank, I'd always had a cross around my neck, right? But that was the first time I really kind of did an internal audit and said, what would it mean to truly put God first in my life? And so I kind of prayed through that and said, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. I got to go find a church, right? And, you know, the closest church to me was Craig Rochelle at Life Church. And so I started going to that church on Sundays, dove into the Bible more often than I had been, and just started really pursuing what I now call the vertical part of the cross, the relationship between me and Jesus, as opposed to the horizontal part of the cross is kind of that 
personal relationship with others. And so really dove into that. The first week I was at Life Church, they did a tithe challenge where Craig said, I dare, essentially, I dare you to do three months of tithing and see what happens. And if you go through three months of tithing and you're not convinced that something happened along the way, we'll give you all your money back if that's what you know makes you take the step into doing it. And so I did. I went home and I you know, gave some money to Life Church Online as a tithe and kind of prayed over it. I'm like, not really sure what this means, but, you know, go do with it what you will kind of thing, Lord. And on my way to work the next morning, which like Amanda alluded to earlier, on, on the way to work is like 3.30, 4 a.m. for me, right? Which I'm in Oklahoma. I'm an hour ahead of where my boss in Arizona is. And he calls me while I'm on my way to work and says, man, you know, I just really had it on my heart that we're, we're really proud of what you're doing out there and really appreciate that you volunteered to go out there. We're going to raise the money we're giving you for apartment and food and everything on that monthly allowance by X number of dollars, which was my tithe rounded up to the next hundred dollars. And so it was like, that was the billboard from God. That's like, yes, keep running this direction. Right. And so that, that's the moment that my heart was truly set on fire for the Lord. And looking back, it was when he took, God took the fear of failure that was inside of me and he turned it into a purposeful desire or motivation to pursue purpose. And it's very, it's a very similar kind of um, motivation, but it's a very clear difference inside of me that has made it very healthy, right? I'm, I'm never pursuing something and exhausting myself just because it's a fear of not fulfilling something. But it, when I go to work at 4 a.m., it's because I know this is where I'm supposed to be fulfilling purpose, and I love doing it, right? It's a different, it's where he changed my heart, right? And so that same change in my life went into relationships. And now all of a sudden when I was pursuing a girl like Amanda, it wasn't, is this someone I'm going to look good with on social media or is this someone that I'm supposed to marry, right? It was, is this someone I can honor the Lord with by serving her? And what does it mean to be a godly husband one day, right? I dove into that in the word and what, and when you answer that for yourself as a man, it kind of defines who the person you should be a husband for, right? And it's like, that. this is the person I should be looking for. And so I saw a lot of that in Amanda from across that ugly Christmas sweater party. Um, and so all of that leading into when I got into the very intentional relationship of pursuing Amanda, the physical side that I had been used to in my life was no longer of interest to me. I was not pursuing a relationship for that purpose. Yes, it was a very nice cherry on top when we got to marriage, I'll tell you that much. But um, the, the reason was that I truly wanted to honor the Lord, and Amanda was the absolute perfect person to do that alongside. And I will say, being the person who was being pursued in that way, knowing his past, the way that he chose to pursue and honor me, um, there was so much trust that was built in our dating relationship because of the way that Eric chose to honor me while I knew his past like and while I knew the struggle that that had presented in his life or what that had brought in um and it was so significant because there was so much security he would always tell me like I have also never experienced sex the way that the Lord has intended it like it will be something new for the both of us and that to me changed everything I think I had insecurity there was stuff I really had to walk through because of his past and because of my past being very different and um, there was such a beauty and a pureness that the Lord gave both of us knowing and he really just had a heart and a passion saying like I'm so excited because this is something that's going to be brand new for me too I've only ever experienced a counterfeit of what the world has offered I've never experienced what the Lord has given in this area of physical like purity and what that looks like within marriage so to me that was huge and like such a blessing and i will say is such a blessing in our marriage now in that way yeah so. i i think that together your story is just so encouraging and i hope that it is encouraging to whoever is listening that you know you can the Lord does have a different story for all of us, and then bringing, like, coming together as a couple and, like, the becoming one part when you get married is is such a beautiful thing, and the Bible talks about it so much of, like, 
just how it is just a reflection of God's love for us. And I think that before we do close, because we probably should close here um, soon, but I think ultimately, like, one of the things I know is on all of our hearts before I kind of ask one um, final question, but is just that all of these things with physical boundaries and stuff like that isn't possible unless our relationships are rooted in Christ. And I think ultimately, like, that is one, the main thing. We have so much fun together. Amanda and Eric love to do things together. They have, like, they have what? We check out our to-do and fill up buckets and it's very intentional. We have a project we can do after this. They have their (laughs) list of things. We have our, like, now we have all of our, like, stuff. But before that, we have, like, stuff that we enjoy to do together. Life is fun together. We love to be around one another. Those are all things that I think are good and that we should be looking for in a relationship with someone. We should enjoy time spent together. It should be fun. It should be dating. If dating isn't fun, marriage will not be fun. Like, you be best friends. Get to know each other. Like, this dating is the time that while yes, it will bring hard conversation, it will bring, it's like, it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to be like there, it isn't going to go without its arguments, but dating and getting to know each other is the fun part. That is the part we should be enjoying and finding common interests, finding things that bring you closer together, little things that you like to do. For Dal and I, we love to play soccer together. We love to work out together. This was all when we were dating. We don't do any of this anymore. But... (laughs) (laughs) that's true but like in our dating relationship there is so much we enjoy doing together and I think like we have talked so seriously and it is like there are a lot of serious topics but like I would say both of us like both couples would say we enjoy dating we had fun with it and ultimately like that goes down like comes down to our love and relationships with the Lord individually and then as a couple. I think that that is one of the most important things going into a relationship does, and this is something that, you know, I asked of myself, like me and Mand, and I think Dal and Eric as well, obviously, like, does this person love Jesus? And is their life a representation of the Lord? And Dal and I will both say, like, we have grown immensely from the 16-year-olds that met each other on Halloween to now. But even then, I was able to see things in him that I loved and admired and pointed me to Jesus. So I kind of wanted to, like, just say that. of Like, it's fun. And ultimately, like, that, you know, the Lord is at the center of our relationships. And, like, we did things like reading, like, Amanda and Eric kind of talked about what they did. But we did things like that too especially when we were doing long distance it was how do we grow together in the Lord when we can't go to church together when we can't you know meet up and do a bible study like what what does it look like long distance and for us it was reading scripture every night together we read through proverbs we would read like our own books and then discuss it we would every single night we prayed together and we you know shared what was on our hearts and those are the things that brought us um, closer even in the distance but to close, I feel like this is a common question. How did we know? So we'll start with you and Eric. How did you guys know that you guys were the one? You want to go first or me? Uh, I'll go first. I feel like I was first. <laughs> um, first time you ever had it. Oh, man. I'm because I'm that cringy person that has a cliche. No, it is not cliche. So it's not, it's not, it's not. Um, We were at church and our pastor was one of, like, the pastor that was, when he got up there, like, turn around and shake somebody's hand. Obviously, pre-2020, you know. Um, but, <laughs> so, going around, turned around, and I was, like, shaking the people's hands behind me, and Eric happened to be in the row behind me, and this was, like, August or something. One of the first times I was at Yeah, 
and I hadn't really seen this like the first time I saw him there. Anyways, shook his hand. When I did, I felt like the Lord had said, you just shook your husband's hand. And I quickly turned around and I was like, that was weird. Definitely not of me. Definitely not of the Lord. So we're just going to ignore whatever <laughs> the heck that was. And For the reason she then avoided me at church. Yes. <laughs> I just like, oh, weird. Nope. Um, and then I honestly, oh, some people find this hard to believe, but truly when we like started dating and actually were talking to each other, I did not. That was never in my head. Never did I think about it. Um, or have it be something that I really remembered super clearly. So uh, once we were dating and had gotten to a point of looking at what it looked like uh, in our bucket, there was a uh, intentional, like intentions before engagement. And that was specifically that bucket was for like praying and asking the Lord, are we moving into that next step, which is engagement. Like, do we feel like 100% Lord, is this a person that you have for me? And uh, just seeking that. Um, so I was praying. When I was praying, the Lord brought me right back to that moment of shaking his hand and was like, I already told you. I already told you, you shook your husband's hand. And I was like dumbfounded. I was like, oh my goodness, it was you. <laughs> and, um, and really that's like what I, and there was just so much peace and there was so much confidence of exactly what the Lord had spoken. And then having seen where our relationship had gone and been and what we had grown in together and all of those things, there was just not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that he was the one that I was supposed to marry. So that was how it was for me. For me, obviously I was very intentional in pursuing her, so I was interested, but obviously I was looking for confirmation while we were in the dating bucket that, you know, this is the person that the Lord wanted me to be with and to continue pursuing for the rest of my life. And so while I was kind of in that season of, you know, how do I go look for the confirmation from the Lord? Um, or how do I come to that, you know, Conclusion, we'll say. Um, I just happened to have dinner with a buddy that I knew from church one night. We just decided to go hang out and catch up kind of thing. And we were talking about, you know, our personal walks with the Lord at the time. And he was sharing that something that he had started to practice in his own life was he was, the, he was living with three other buddies at the time, but he was the first up and he would always get a cup of coffee and kind of sit outside he was looking for a new routine in his prayer life during that and he got the suggestion that he should just start praying for a specific bible verse for each person that he was praying for and so he was sharing some stories about how that was playing out in his life and where the lord was showing up in that and so he you know after sharing that i was driving home and i'm like you know i'm gonna try this and i prayed for a verse for my brother and i mean when i say i prayed for a verse i literally just you know was sitting in my truck driving home and said, Lord, give me the verse for my brother. And just out of the blue, right, the gut feeling, the, the, the thought that comes into my head that, you know, the relationship that the Lord and I have, a verse, a random verse that I have no idea what it says comes to mind. And I go to the Bible and I pull it up. And sure enough, that one for my brother was, you know, something very familiar to what he was walking through in his life. And so then, you know, I, that was the test run, right? And I tested it out on my brother. And then I prayed for a verse for Amanda. And if, if the verse was Joshua 1.14, which if you go pull it up, it has, it'll make no sense to you in this context, right? But when I pulled it up while I was driving home, the first two words being your wife was all I needed, right? I just, I had never read Joshua 1.14 and remembered it. But that was the verse that came to mind. The first two words were your wife. And I was like, thank you. That's, that's what I needed right there. And then the next conversation or thought process I had was, where am I getting the ring from? And so that's just the moment I had with the Lord that confirmed it for me. Um, you know, each of each story is different, yeah. but that's how the Lord and I talked about it. What about for you guys? Well, I would say for me, it's, it's crazy. Like we talked, we've talked about this before and I'm like in my head, as a 17-year-old girl, before I dated Dallas, I was like, I'm going to marry him. And that is like, 
it's a very weird thing to think about. And I told my dad, I'm going to marry the first boy that I date. And my dad was like, no, you're not. Like, it just doesn't happen. That's just, like, don't set that as your expectation. Like, that's a really nice thought, but, like, it's probably not going to happen. And I was like, no, it, it's going to happen. I'm going to marry him. And my dad was like, okay. So in my head, before I even started dating Dallas, and now as an adult, I can see how, yeah, maybe that was a little bit naive. Maybe it was, you know, whatever. We had a lot of things to walk through before we got to that point of marriage. But I was very sure in my 17-year-old mind at the time that Dallas was the guy that I wanted to marry. I was head over heels for him and had never met anyone like him and couldn't imagine my life without him. And I really never thought of any anything else. There, there's, there was never a point in our relationship where we broke up or weren't together or weren't talking or anything like that. So for me, it really was just the 17-year-old girl that was very sure that he was the guy for me. And really, I... I confidently can say I never wavered on on that um, desire to be his wife, even though we were so young and um, really had a lot to go through before we even got there. But for me, I would say that it was before we even started dating. So. And for me, mine's going to sound silly, uh, especially compared to the rest of the stories, but I'm dead serious in it. And... Uh, M like checked the boxes. She was a believer, wicked gorgeous, and I love to be around her. And so for me, it was like like I like I said I say this silly, but it's like I'm gonna ride this out as long as I can, right? And there was like like M said, there's never a point where it was like, hey, like this isn't working or this is she isn't the right person. It's like, yes, I want to date you. Yes, I want to get engaged. Yes, I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Like there's just like like I'm going to be committed to this. Like I'm gonna ride this out and it's gonna be great and like let's see where it goes and like the yeah I've, I've <laughs> I always been. say that sounds like so terrible like I guess I was just along for the ride until like you dumped me off like what like <laughs> but, I, but I'm dead serious in it like there was just never a day that I didn't you literally like, like, that. you would just be like I'm here I'm for just as long here. as Emily yes. let me be yeah, like, like I'm just here until she says I can't I'm gonna keep showing up and I'm gonna <laughs> love like, every minute of it and I'm gonna make it work you, you two can giggle about it all you want, but it makes so much sense to yeah, me. Good. Very good. I'm glad it makes, it makes sense to you. When you have a good one, like when you have the right one, it's like you just, it just works. Like it just worked for us. And, you know, like, like there was never a point in time where the Lord or anybody was like, hey, she's not the right person. This isn't right. Like, like it was all like, all signs, go ahead. Like, this is great. You guys like, like, you know are great for each other like this is like what the lord has like there was never a sign that was like hey as as opposed to amanda and eric's story where like they were intentionally seeking like is this the right person like for me it was like this is there's never a thought that this isn't the right person right. for me the like, lord never like was like this is wrong or yeah. yeah 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 instead of one big billboard it was a ton of little exactly. yeses along the way. exactly yeah, right. and i think we had had so much time yeah. we had been together for so long that if there was going to be a blaring this is wrong it would have been many times and many and opportunities I was, and I was so confident that like even that. before I did long distance and went to play soccer in California and I was in Arizona like I already had the ring yeah. I didn't propose for six months but I knew like even leaving the state like going to a completely different school living in a completely different environment where we weren't going to see each other like I already had the ring like, I knew she was the one like there was never a question in my head that we weren't meant to be together for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I think on that too, like Eric and I are very different, but I feel like just what you're saying, like there's no red flags or whatever. Like you can be different, but there's a difference between like being different maybe than the other person's family and red flags. Yeah. Like I think for both of us, like Eric and I, our families are very different, but even in our relationship, although we come from like different ways of communicating, all that type of stuff, and I would say, like, we are very different than you guys, too. But there was never any, like, red flags. And that's the difference, right? Like, our people in our lives who are very much championing. And everyone would say, for Eric and I, you guys work so well together because you guys are perfect for each other. Are, like, so for yeah. each other. And, like, you guys are perfect for each other. And we are very different. But 
like that's the difference too, right? Like there's the difference between red flags and just being yeah. different. You know, I mean, so. the red flags are different for every relationship, right? Yes. And it's just, yeah. that's why it's important to know why you're getting into a relationship and to have that, those intentional conversations about why are we doing this and what's in front of us. And once you set that baseline or the shared goal, that flushes out what would be a red flag that doesn't align with that. Right? Yeah, for sure. But I honestly, we probably will have to maybe have them on again because I feel like there's so much more we really could do. We haven't even gotten to the about, engagement part yet or all the leading up to like after the engagement. We do have more that we could share. However, this is a long episode and I think it is does give a good baseline to how we approach dating yeah. and just the things that we did and what like that worked well for us and hopefully will be encouraging and work well um, if you're in a dating relationship or thinking about it or um, just some practical ways just give you some things yeah for sure in the dating room well Dallas and Eric Thanks for joining us, Thanks for us on the pod. So fun. This is the first time Dallas gets to hear me recording all the time in the room next to him. And Eric has, this is his first experience. We might as well come out and say it. We have been the creative podcast biggest fans in the background. This is true. We've yes, had whiteboard strategy have. sessions and yes. we've been involved in the inner workings. We're, they, we're, we've got our pom-poms in the background. We're honored to be on. <laughs> they do. They're cheering us on for sure. Dallas and Eric for so. sure. They are, but the, I don't think the podcast would happen, would have happened without them. That's, that. no, absolutely not. So, well, so we love you guys. Yes, we do. Uh, well, yeah, that's it for today. And that is it for the dating episode of the podcast. And we will catch you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Creative Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to whatever platform you're listening on. You can find us at created.podcast on Instagram and also on our website, youarecreated.com. Hope you join us next week. But until then, don't forget, you are created.